Welcome to Sweeping the Country one more time, a very special edition today, and I'll let this guy tell you all about it, Mr. Jimmy Carter. Hey, Jimmy. Well, we're going to go with some guys who are understated funny. There yes. Are people who are funny like Robin Williams and and really, frankly, Jay Leno and, oh, yeah. and a number of other people who are just pretty much, you know, they're funny guys and they're witty and they've got jokes and all that stuff. And then there are people like the people we're talking to today, two of them at least, uh, Steve Martin, who is definitely a brilliant person. Oh, yeah. Who is real understated. He's a writer. You know, he's all kinds of a things. A musician, yeah. Yeah, and everything. Yeah. And, uh, and the first guy we talked to is someone who's extremely talented, too. And I liked him in the movie Foul Play. Oh, that was I the remember that. Goldie Hawn. Yeah. It's one of my all-time favorite movies. I love that movie. Yeah, it was set in San Francisco with Dudley Moore, and it's just it's got a great score. It's funny. It's really good. I think Chevy Chase. I always liked his style. In person, he's a little prickly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he, he's not that. He's certainly not a wild and crazy guy. Neither is Steve Martin. But let's just get in with this. We we was a movie that we were doing as they called the Invisible Man, and we may talk a little bit about that. But we talk generally about the process. Let's just get into it first with Chevy Chase. I'm sure someone said this already. You've never looked better, right? Than in this film. Oh, uh, no, nobody said that. No, no really? you're the first one. Thank you. I figured. Uh, I like you as visible, and I like you uh, when you can see you as well. Was it a tough and I shoot? Like you. Was it tough to? You had to wear a lot of blue costume type things, didn't you? So oh yeah, we, they we could technically a, take you out. We did a lot of blue screen work and uh, a, a lot of uh, strange makeup for the uh, special effects, covering my face in black and my mouth with black and my teeth black or white out, or uh, and scleral lenses which cover your entire eyes. Uh, a lot of uh, caro syrup and glycerin on me and uh, all kinds of. Things to make it work. Was that fun or confusing? Or uh, well, it was confusing uh, and difficult because it, uh, the moves uh, in that kind of makeup, the moves uh, were specific for ILM. They had to be very specific to match the film w within which the character had to appear. So uh, it was difficult and uh, arduous, but it was fun too. It's fun to watch that happen. It's not so much fun to be a part of it because it's it's hell. Anyway, you're not used to that kind of acting where you have to be so specific, are you? When I say technically, yeah, I am. I mean, I mean, really, I've, maybe a few people know this, but the, one of the major uh, crafts of, of movie acting is matching physically and emotionally and in tone and uh, in every way for different angles and different takes and different setups of the camera. Uh, every hand movement, every word, everything you do. So that's part of the craft. You have to know that already. But it's doubly difficult when you have to run along uh, a, a huge blue screen floor and uh, backdrop on a stage, and it has to fit a, a street scene that's already been shot. Mm -hmm. And uh, that, that took some time and timing. When I was a kid, I remember seeing, I don't know if it was a movie or a serial or what, The Invisible Man. Or a television show. What was it? Do you remember? Well, there was a uh, movie with Claude Rains mm -hmm. called The Invisible Man. Then there was, uh, uh, I think David McCallum did a TV series for a while. There was Topper, the film, and then there was also Topper, the television series. Both, all four of those were, were dealt with invisibility. Yeah, it was real big in the late 50s. I remember in the early 60s. We used to think about that as kids. You know, all yeah. kids think about what it would be like to be invisible, where you would go. But I guess it wouldn't be that much fun when you uh, 
when you're being you chased by you Sam Neill and the CIA. No. Yeah. yeah. That's, yeah. Uh, I mean, it, 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 we all dream of it. And, I, and, and one of the, the intriguing things about the uh, book and, and, the, and the film is that uh, you, it turns out invisibility ain't what we thought it would be. It's, uh, it's a tough, tough way to live. Lonely and uh, dangerous and uh, difficult. Now, when you were trying to, this is your film in, in more ways than one, besides just being a star, you really were behind it for a lot of years. Did you know where you wanted to go? I mean, you know, it wanted to be real serious, or you want to be a comedy, or somewhere in between? What were you really trying to, well, the original mission anyway? Uh, for Bruce and I, we, uh, we felt that we wanted to try to get the tone of the novel. Uh, it was a, it was a very dark novel, and it dealt, uh, for hundreds of pages with the isolation of this man, both emotionally and physically, from the world, because he couldn't be revealed or else he'd be found by the people who wanted to use him for covert activities. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, we couldn't labor that in the movie because it's a shorter period of time. Uh, but uh, the tone was something we really wanted to, to try to match and still entertain, so we, we had to be uh, also comedic, but rooted in reality. And uh, it's a great romance. Uh, the romance takes place much later in the book than it does in the movie. We begin the film with a romance, and then he lo she loses him to this accident. And uh, then they're together again throughout the uh, third act of the film. I went back and watched a couple of your movies, as I generally try to do before I interview someone who has a lot of different work. And I have my favorites, and uh, some that didn't even do very well. I liked the one with the Wizard of Oz people. What was that one called? Oh, Heavenly uh, God. That, that, was, See, uh, no, that was Under the Rainbow. Under the uh, Rainbow. Yeah, yeah. See, that's, that's not on your resume anymore, I don't think. But I really like oh, that Oh, I, I think it should be on my resume because mm -hmm. it was the uh, first film that I made, uh, the first film I made a million dollars on or something. Mm -hmm. it, it, it took twice as long to shoot that picture. Mm -hmm. I like that one. If you had to sit down and you were on Desert Island, they call it the Desert Island Disc type thing, and you had to take some of your movies and were forced to watch, which ones would you take along for us to watch? If we had to say three. All right. God, what a terrible dilemma. <laughs> you have to watch it oh, with say, me, see. I'd say uh, probably Caddyshack, uh, Fletch, uh, Vacation, Invisible Man, um, uh, Three Amigos. Uh, Is this in descending order of popularity? Funny Farm. No, I'm just, uh, yeah, just throwing out are, the yeah. ones that uh, you know are just tending to stand out right now. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, that, were, that were fun to do. And now, a lot of people would say that Foul Play's not on that list, and that's a real favorite of a lot of people. I know I, I like it, too. Uh, a lot of people do love that movie. And, you know, I've seen it uh, a few times. I still see it as a kind of a glitzy, uh, specific genre type of film in the uh, late uh, 70s uh, from Hollywood that looked and felt like, uh, oh, the one with Wilder and Pryor on the train, you know. Silver Streak. Uh, Silver Streak. Um, that um, it was a particular type of movie that, uh, you know, I, I think it was good, it was okay, but lived very hot, uh, almost television oriented. And for me, it was very difficult because I was, it was my first movie and I felt, I never felt comfortable in it. I felt uh, very awkward trying to act. But we liked it as the fans, because I think yeah. it did very yeah. well yeah. financially. And, and I could see why, because I've seen it, you know, more recently mm -hmm. and uh, like it much more than I did then. Dudley Moore scene is still a classic. Oh, yeah. Maybe he was never funnier than yeah, that. Yeah, Dudley's scene. great, yeah. Um, I was trying to think of some things. On your career thing here, I can't really see a single thread that goes through your films, but they're all the characters are generally very likable. Do you make sure that 
at least the character is likable. You've never been the really a jerk. I'd love to be uh, uh, un this unlikable, dislikable. Yeah, despicable. That would be. <laughs> I, I'd love to play a jerk. I mean, I, I'd, I'd love to play a bad guy. Uh, I, I mean, I'd like to be a heavy. Um, those are all things that I don't think you'll see me doing a lot of because uh, there, aren't, there isn't a great call for Chevy Chase as a heavy in a movie. Um, but I, I think I'd enjoy the challenge, and I think I'd be a good heavy. Yeah, a people, jerk? Well, only Steve can really do that. <laughs> That's true. I was uh, looking over some things, too, about career. You remember the old thing about you going to be host of The Tonight Show? We figure you're going to reveal that now this year, that you are actually going to take over The Tonight Show and stop all this. <laughs> Johnny doesn't know that yet. but No, uh, Johnny would know, though. We play poker all the time. He'd, so, he'd know by now. But you ever wish that you or thought about your career maybe going another direction, either stand-up, that road? Well, I never did stand-up, and I don't care for it. Um, but you're good at it, again. That's something you're good at, but you may not like. Well, I, I've never done it. I well, mean, Academy I mean, Awards I, type you know, things, Yeah, that so kind of thing. Yeah. I, you know, I do think a lot about television, and I, and I do think that eventually I'll get uh, involved with it quite a bit, extensively, perhaps. Uh, and um, it may well be uh, in, this, in the, same, uh, the same kind of thing that Johnny and Dave Letterman and those guys are doing. I don't know. Joy seeing you on Saturday Night Live recently. It was a good memory. Uh, stayed yeah, home that night. It was fun to do it. Great. Thank you. All right, thank you. An interesting guy, a very smart guy. You know, yeah. came from a background that certainly wasn't some abject poverty or anything like that. And and he tried to he tried his hand at a talk show. I think he saw himself as sort of a Johnny Carson kind of guy. I feel like uh, I feel like Chevy. I mean, he was funny, but I think he was more physically funny than he was. Yeah, the falls and yeah, stuff I mean, like that. The, 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 he was dry. He very was very dry. dry, very dry. And he parlayed that vacation series into just, and right. Fletch too, into some huge income. And, and you know, like all these guys that you have today, if I'm not mistaken, they were all on Saturday Night Live at one point. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Chevy was the first, one of the, the first series of Saturday yeah. Night Live. And uh, I like him a lot. I love his. The, who doesn't like Christmas Vacation? Oh, it's you great. almost check your pulse if you don't like Christmas right, Vacation. Right, right, right. I love the Fletch movie. I liked everything he's done, even yeah. Invisible Man. I love Foul Play. Loved him on Saturday Night Live. So that's Chevy Chase. He'll be back in a minute interview in a moment. But first, this word from Steve Martin. This is a guy who is so smart, and he's been doing this a long time. And at one point. He was the wild and crazy guy. He had the arrow through his oh, head. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and he's King Tut. Remember that king? Born Tut. in Babylon, moved. Yeah. Oh, wait, born and in Arizona. That <laughs> so that was that was him in a certain part of his life. Yeah. And then he made, and then he became another person who I felt was very similar to Johnny Carson. Uh, Steve was very well read, and yeah. he loves art. And I think he could talk with just about anybody and anything. He can still turn it on and be funny, and here he is, Steve Martin. So let's get this right. When you used to play the exit in, mm -hmm. and you were the wild and crazy guy, really deep down, you were this erudite, well-read, art-loving, serious guy. Well, actually, no. <laughs> I was working the exit in. That's, what, that's the only thing that was on my mind, and doing my comedy act, and um, all those other things which I would aspire to be, uh, really grew incrementally, uh, during the next, you know, really 30 years of my life. So really, because of the success, you were able to fund your art habit and some of those things that we, I mean, I didn't care about Monet when I was a kid growing up in Montgomery. I eventually went to his mm -hmm. house, mm -hmm. you know, but that was only because I could afford to later in life. Well, uh, you know, one of, the, one of the great catalysts is meeting people mm -hmm. who are interesting. 
and they change our lives and they motivate us and I was lucky to meet certain people in college mm -hmm. and and later on and, and writers and become inspired by them and and also uh, the great thing is opportunity you know uh, I could actually sit down and write something and have someone read it mm -hmm. and get a response you know some some writers can't get anything even read so um, I did have the opportunity to 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 fulfill a kind of destiny. Was this novella in you at age 20, 25? No, not at all. No, 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 no. I had uh, some designs on being a writer, but I really turned into a comedy writer mm -hmm. early on. So you could write little quips. Yeah, I, I mean, could write good quips at zap, and jokes, zap, zap, yeah. jokes and, uh, and little, you know, little scenes. scenes for the Smothers mm -hmm. Brothers and things like that. But it was until the late 80s that I started writing for The New Yorker and for mm -hmm. um, uh, The New York Times and some plays, and I started writing some plays. I'd written screenplays uh, for myself, for movies, uh, but it was just this little slow, little, you know, like hourglass thing. This movie a lot is about, and I just can't ever understand how a young girl leaves the South or the East, goes to old lonely Los Angeles without any money, doesn't know anybody, and trying to make it, because that's a story that we've seen so mm -hmm. many times. Is, is isolation and loneliness something that you, you seem to know pretty well? Because you certainly wrote well, about it. Well, uh, I, I was thinking the other day that from you know age you know 24 to age 37, I was on the road, mm -hmm. and that is very very isolating and very lonely, uh, especially when you're in a different town every night and flying. You don't even have time to say you know. <laughs> Good morning. Yeah. You know, it's the last night's lover. You know? And there's sometimes you don't even talk for like 12 and 15 hours. That's and true. People don't understand that. Right. You're on a bus. I mean, mm -hmm. when we were doing a bus tour, I realized that I was like my dog sleeping 18 hours a day because you'd sleep all night on the bus and you'd arrive in a town and go right to bed mm -hmm. until the show at five. I mean, it's a very strange Weird experience. Life. You know, I mean, that, that's where I saw the Brady Bunch. Mm hmm. Because I'd come into the hotel, you know, I come into the hotel at you know 8 a.m. after go to bed, wake up four o'clock, turn on the TV at five. There was the Brady Bunch in every town in America from five to five thirty, mm. and then I could do my show and mm. get on the bus again. Yeah, I mean, but you wouldn't give a thing for doing that, would you? Would you? You, you the experience you probably might do a little less of it, but I might it do really a is less. make you who you are, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, it was, it was part of my life. It mm -hmm. was no way out. It was good, you know. <laughs> Now you are still, you, would you call yourself a frustrated banjo player or just a banjo player or a learning, a work in progress? I wouldn't call myself frustrated. I'm, uh, I, can, I can take care of myself in certain situations. In fact, I'm very happy to be working with Earl Scruggs in, uh, in a couple of weeks in New York and some very, very good banjo players. Now you know what it says, they said the banjo is a very maligned instrument. They say when you pick on a banjo, mm -hmm. when you pick it up, your IQ goes down five points immediately. Yeah, and I'm from Tennessee. They say that at home. Yeah, but your finger speed increases. <laughs> <laughs> what, what made you interested of all the instruments? That's it, it. Sounds cool, even if you don't know how to play it. Actually, yeah, it had a. It had a, when I was 17 years old, I heard it, and it had a magic sound for me. And it's a, a funny instrument, a, as opposed to being a like, guitar's not very funny. Banjo can be funny. Well, it could be, but I think there's a new. Uh, you know, one of the things about Earl Scruggs is that they say about him is he was one of the first banjo players who didn't do a comedy act. Hmm. That's right. Who actually was a music? You know, they were all musicians. They were good musicians, mm -hmm. but no jokes. He was playing it for real. My friend Mike Snyder was the national banjo player for a uh -huh. while. He's a member mm -hmm. of the Opry. He's a very funny man, mm -hmm. but you know, he does play serious. But you're right. There's always been a lot of comedy mm -hmm. around that instrument. Right. But that's changed. Yeah. yeah. 
All right, it's great well, seeing you. you. Loved you. it. Thank, Thank you. you very much. Okie dokie. Okie dokie. I mean, Steve. Jimmy, I mean, we're talking about icons of comedy. I mean, they really are. I they mean, really the, are. the interview with Steve Martin, Chevy too, and I, and I can't wait till we get to the to the next one uh, with with all the guys. But you know, I think about that. He he parlayed that comedy career into Steep Canyon Rangers, where he plays the banjo and he goes on tour yeah. with his band. I mean, this guy pretty and much. Then you go back and you remember he was the jerk. Oh yeah. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> remember when he got excited because the phone books came in? That's right. Or the or oh, the maybe. oil cans were uh, were exploding and they were defective while he was getting <laughs> shot at. I mean, it was funny. The guy was hilarious, and that's a great interview. I I love those. I mean, these are untouchables now. You're not gonna get interviews with any of these guys. No, nobody. No, and uh, and and they're just interesting people. Yeah. I mean, classic people. Then back when I first started, and they were younger too. It was eighty. Six or seven, something along those lines. Yeah, yeah. We went to the Vin Canyon Resort in outside of Tucson, Arizona, to do an interview with a movie. Uh, the the concept they did called the Three Amigos. Oh, I loved it. Loved it. And and to put those three people together as the Three Amigos, uh, I don't know if it's if it's uh, held on in the years. Yeah. If it if it plays today, I don't know. I don't. But at the time, it was pretty damn funny. It was pretty and damn so funny. If, if you, I'm a young guy. I'm coming out of hard news at this point, and I've got to interview these three monkeys. You know, that are <laughs> tough. I mean, you know, you don't know they're, they're chewing and eating you up. You know, yeah. before you start, and so, and you've got to interview all three at the same time. Tough. So tough. Uh, you know, it's not going to be a Robin Williams interview, but here we go. Buenos dias, three amigos. Gesundheit. Yes. Uh, let's go ahead and go through slow motion. Don't do it fast because I still can't remember the salute from the movie. I know it does something like this, but it went relatively quickly. The three amigos salute? Yes, the very slowly. In slow motion, the three amigos right. salute. Slow motion. Let's do it in slow motion. Yeah. Well, this is a regular One, okay. two, three. <coughs> okay. Thank you. That's going to be very popular. Who thought of that, by the way? Who gets credit? Uh, it's a combination of three, four people pitching together and finally coming up with a masterpiece. <laughs> Couldn't have said it better. You three guys, when you were uh, little Actually, boys. Actually, it was in a Leonardo da Vinci notebook we got it from. <laughs> when you were little, did you normally, this is for all three, did you normally play cowboys or did you play doctor? I played nurse when I was a child. I know that. Martin? Uh, Dale Evans was a big hero. Who else? <laughs> you played cowgirl. I no, I played uh, cow. I played uh, Zorro. Actually, I was Zorro. Was a big fan. I and was cowboy. Robin Hood most of the time. I played cowboys, cowboys and then slowly would maneuver into doctor. So you know, in the old days, they had doctors. Did you ever watch the Cisco Kid? You talking about do the cricket? <laughs> what? Yes. From Waco, Texas, and you're from Canada, and yes. you're from New York, right? As far as you know. That's, I was just verifying that. Uh, Martin, tell me something. You did social work when you were in college, right? Yes. Did that help you in working with these two men? Uh, <laughs> uh, yes, because I, I actually worked uh, in a, a center for adult uh, people with emotional disturbances. Mm -hmm. and so. Did you really? Yes, I it did. It helped your dancing. Yeah. I didn't know that about you. Yes, I did, for a year. But now it makes total sense. Mm -hmm. uh, well, you're hot. Yeah. Hey, we got to explain we just ate. Yeah. Generally, you get a lot of gas. <laughs> you're <laughs> hot. No, but it was uh, great working with these two mutts. <laughs> Gee, this is probably the worst moment I've ever had. No, it television. isn't. No, it isn't. No, it, it isn't. isn't. I think you're doing very well. Let me interviews. say what he wanted <laughs> to say, which is it's great working with me and Steve. Yes. Are they very easy to work with? Astonishingly easy. They don't try to intimidate you or bother you or do anything with you. 
Yes, well, uh, Steve did give me some advice. Steve, what was that advice you gave me? Don't be funny. Don't try to be funny while I'm on the screen, because the audience would hate him for it. That's true. And you, did, and you weren't funnier? How would you feel about that? No, I broke the rules. You I did what I wanted once I heard action. I like this movie a lot. Uh, it's a comedy, but it's like in the old, it's a little bit like an old Western, but you're making fun of the old Westerns. How would you? Uh... A little bit, but the biggest problem we're fighting right now is, uh, you know, this movie is shot in color, and there's the black and whiters who want to change it to Colorizer. black and white. Yeah. Mm. We're trying to stop them because we think it's uh, damaging to the work. Hello. <laughs> Uh, give me some adjectives to describe yourself if somebody was trying to do that right now, Jeff. To do what? Describe yourself and just adjectives only. Big. You know, they always say witty and that kind of thing, so give me some good adjectives. You mean in the picture? No, just in just life. life. Just in life, mm -hmm. as a person, mm -hmm. as a human being. Uh, fatuous. <laughs> Take off the U.S. <laughs> Fat. No, no, I would say, I would say that uh, I would be described as... You know, it's like uh, you take a jerk and a nerd and a leading man, you put them together. Yeah. And yeah. You get what do you get? I would say, for me, uh, the intellectual. Mm -hmm. Steve? The intellectual, I would say about myself. And Martin? I combine uh, a kind of combination of being driven and pert. <laughs> Vigilant. But you have, you have a pertness with the desperation to yeah. quality. Yeah. Like, I want this laugh, I want to get it, and I don't care what the cost is. Are all three of you guys frustrated like singers? as opposed to frustrated actors, but frustrated singers. Steve and I became frustrated singers when Marty sang, <laughs> yeah. because he was too good. I mean, you're in music videos a lot. I mean, spies like us. And I don't, <laughs> notice I don't do any of the singing. I just lip sync. You pretend a lot. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Would you like to sing? Uh, you play guitar. If you, if you like. Then I w You mean now? If you'd like. What was the song? Uh, Buttercup. Oh, oh, the Buttercup, Buttercup song. Oh, Buttercup That's a sweet song. song. That's them. Then there was uh, the... Do you realize that this was final? We wouldn't get a pickup. We would get a pickup at this point. We're just going to go in and out of this stuff. We've got a hit single. Yeah, that's he sold out. You've got a gold record. That's right. You're the only one here who is single. As a matter of fact, we're married. They're married and have two children. Yes, you're just still a wild and crazy guy. I simply mounted the horse and rode. We have to finish this with. Oh, really? Yes, we do. We just started. We're going, we've learned the salute, and we've learned about you guys, and now we're going to end up with my little buttercup. Do you remember that sweet little buttercup? Sure, but let's end. With, we'll go out. Okay. Yes, we're going to go out uh, for the last thirty seconds of this interview. My, my little, little buttercup, buttercup has the sweetest smile. Yes, my little buttercup. You can do that. Won't you stay a while? There you have it, and they're on key too. Now, mm -hmm. marvelous. Thank, Thank you. you. All right, there you go. Hey, nice uh, job. I mean, honestly, I. I remember years of interviewing a band, right? And you'd have two, three people, and and most oh, of my stuff was not live. That's the hardest thing. I, I didn't hardest. know who was talking. I didn't know what who. You know, it was a disaster. So, I mean, putting that together we with were outdoors on top of everything else. Yeah, yeah. You know, we're outdoors next to these uh, cactus things that are you know, over our shoulder. I mean, were they in the were they in costume? Were they wearing the no, the, the no. hats and all that? And, no, they weren't. Yeah. Which would have made it even more bizarre. But yeah. it was bizarre. Interviewing those three, so they 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 enjoyed each other's company and just thought you might be interested in hearing a classic interview with uh, Chevy Chase, Martin Short, and Steve Martin. Yep, the three amigos. We'll just put them in there. And doggone it, what a great great way to spend thirty minutes of your day. Of course, you can do it every week right here on Sweeping the Country Vault Edition. Jimmy, thank you for introducing us to the the three amigos of comedy, and I can't wait to uh, see what you got for next week. <laughs> Until then, I'm Derek Walker. He is 
Jimmy Carter. Good day. <laughs>